and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, we are once again joined by Scott Stevens, James City County's County Administrator. Welcome, Scott. Well, great to be here again, Renee. So thanks for, for having me. I think we're only at like four weeks since the last one, so we're doing much better. Uh, if that's much better, then yes, we are. So I'm <laughs> always happy to be here and share what's going on uh, within James City County. It's a lot, a lot of activity, and uh, I just want to make sure people have an opportunity to be involved if they want to. So. Absolutely. Well, I will just let you take it away. Well, great. Well, I guess, you know, summer's officially here now. And um, at least for me, June's been very pleasant. It seemed like we had a really hot introduction to June, but the rest of June has been very pleasant summer weather, not so high in the humidity. And I'm sure that'll change come July and August, but also with summer, a couple other things, hurricane season. So I just hate not to take that opportunity. We talk about it a lot, but just to remind our community to be prepared to support your family for three to five days during whatever emergency may come and the hurricane being the most likely for this area. And a lot of information, if you want to know where to go to look, is either call me, 253-6603, and I'll get you to the right place, or ready.gov has a lot of information about all types of disasters or events that could occur and to give you tips on how to prepare. And so again, just make sure you're ready to support your family uh, during those times that, that may occur. And then it's also July 4th, so a time that we do a lot of celebrating, a lot of family get-together. Uh, some people choose to use fireworks. We don't allow that within James City County. But if you're out in an area uh, and you're in a community that allows it, uh, please be safe. Look after your loved ones. Don't let a what should be a fun day turn into a tragic event for you or someone being hurt. Uh, but it is a celebratory time of our nation's history, and so I would encourage all to, uh, to take advantage of that and enjoy the festivities that will be around in the region because there's plenty of opportunity uh, to participate in something or to do something as, uh, on your own as a family. Um, a couple of things from our Board of Supervisors and their recent meetings. Again, just uh, two meetings since we last met, their June 14th meeting. Uh, they did a number of things, uh, some of those uh, probably more interesting to the community. Uh, they did a contract award for our Warhill Sports uh, basketball court replacement, uh, $370,000, so that should get underway. We have a contract approval or really an amendment to our contract with a Heritage Humane Society for Animal Services. And we've had a really good partnership for a long time with the Heritage Humane Society. Uh, we've had a number of contract looks. This one goes to a per capita kind of calculation. It does increase our funding to the Heritage Humane Society, but at looking at what other localities are paying across the peninsula, uh, we're, we're at least trying to catch up with the average to try to support uh, those services, at least on our side of the animal control side. So again, uh, we did approve or the board did approve that uh, agreement with the Heritage Humane Society. Uh, and we also had a, a contract for our public housing agency plan that the board approved, not a contract, but the plan. The board did adopt that plan. During the June 14th meeting, we had a joint work session with our planning commission. It was a fairly short uh, joint meeting, and it was really on uh, how we're gonna do our ordinance update processes for the coming years. You know, the comprehensive plan was adopted last fall. The planning commission members worked extremely hard on that for the two years previous, and we're really now to some of the implementation of that. The plan is just a plan, it leads to ordinance changes, and that was some of the discussion with the joint meeting. We also had an overview of our ongoing open space preservation programs. And again, uh, we have an active uh, group of that. Our board has been very supportive. We have a lot of community members who talk about uh, protecting our rural character. Some of that is through purchasing development rights. Some of that is through conservation easements on properties. And some of that is through outright purchase of property. But all of that takes money. And so it's a stamp. Our board has that appropriated one. 1.25 million in this FY23 budget coming up. 
we are trying to work forward with how to develop our criteria for evaluation of those sites. And so more to come on that, but still active uh, uh, activity on the staff side, trying to help our board through that process of what they want that to look like. We also had an update on the natural and cultural assets plan effort of trying to identify things within James City County that are on <clears throat> maps and known, and also things that community members may view as important for our community. And we've had a number of public input sessions on that with the idea of finishing that report later this summer. Uh, we also uh, approved, or the board approved, our joint contract with the city of Williamsburg for the operation of our school system. And again, it is a contract between the city and the county uh, to jointly fund the school division. And we've done that, as I'm told, since the 1950s. So we've had a very long-standing relationship. A number of changes over the years, uh, the, the three significant changes to this year's contract. Um, and we had made this administratively prior to the change, but one on the contract we now, rather than the city or county collecting the state sales tax uh, and sending it to the schools, the state sales tax is going directly to the school division. We were just a pass-through agency. It appeared to be a 10 or $12 million item in our budget that we were giving to the schools, but it was really money that state sales tax intended for the schools passing through the county and the city, and now it's going directly to the school division. The second significant change is how we do year-end funds. When the school division has year-end money left over, they haven't spent all of the money that's been allocated. It reverts back to the localities. The school division is not allowed to carry a fund balance or a savings year to year. So whatever they don't spend reverts back to the city and the county. And in an effort to, I guess, encourage some of that, we have always reappropriated that money. And we've done it in a process in the fall that always felt rushed because the year ended June 30th, we really didn't know from an audit perspective what the number of that year in surplus would be until all the revenues come in until about September. And then we worked really hard in October, November, December for the city, the county and the school board to sort of come up with a plan. And it always, at least in my time here has felt rushed. And in talking with the city manager, we felt that city council, our board of supervisors, if we could incorporate that year in funding into the next year's budgeting process, it wouldn't be as rushed or uh, something that we were working through too quickly. So that is another change to the contract. And then the final change was asking for a five to seven vote by the school board on um, budget related or the hiring of a superintendent. And again, those are items that we hope the school division will uh, take into consideration uh, that five to seven vote on items that are budget related or again, hiring of a superintendent when that day comes. Scott, um, I'm sorry, let me interrupt. Sure. Can you explain the five, seven vote a little sure. bit more? You know, the five to seven is from a standpoint of our school board, it is seven members. And we were just trying to have a super majority for those things that our elected officials, both with the city and the county, felt were more important. And that five to seven was just trying to make sure related to budget items, rather than it just being a simple majority of a four to seven vote, uh, that five school board members would have to vote on budget or the hiring of the superintendent. And again, our hope is that the school board will put into place on their side, whatever is required to honor what their funders are asking and have agreed to jointly. And again, we do provide uh, 60 or 70% of the school division's funding, both the city and the county. So we are the significant funding partner. The state provides a very small portion related to their budget. And so uh, while we can't require that, at least that's in our contract between the city and the county, and we hope the school board will honor that. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate you asking for the clarification. Sometimes we talk more than maybe others might be wondering what we're saying. So I'm always good for that. Uh, at the board's June 28th uh, meeting, um, 
they had a presentation from Jamestown Rediscovery. And as Dr. Jim Horn pointed out, their president and CEO, there's really three entities. There's the island that is Rediscovery, who owns the actual historic site. There's the park service next to them, which is the owner of the rest of the island. And then there's JYF or Jamestown Yorktown Foundation and the settlement. And they all work together in telling the story of our country's history. And so Jamestown Rediscovery is really focused on the archaeological aspects of the site. And they own 22 acres and have since the late 1800s. So their site is subject to uh, flooding. Probably always has had some of that, but as they look back in time, versus today, the annual flooding events are more frequent. And so there was a storm wall uh, built some years ago, about a little over 100 years ago that they're reinforcing. But they're looking, when we talk about all the sea level rise and regardless of what is causing sea level rise, I think most people would agree the sea level is in, are increasing in our region. And so they're trying to plan for the future and looking out 50 years, if they don't do something today to raise berms and build berms and raise some roadways and walkways, then they lose a lot of the ability to get to the history and archaeology that's on the side. And again, I would have thought in talking with them, they've spent a lot of time around the fort, um, the fort site which, where we see the digs going on and the artifacts coming from. They have spent less time on the balance of the 22 acres. And so there's still an awful lot of area that they believe will provide some important insight to our nation's history. And if we can preserve it so that uh, it is uh, accessible to the archaeologists and accessible to the public, that that would be money well spent. And again, they, they do have a plan. They did present to the Board of Supervisors and I would encourage people uh, to go and, and take a look at that at the June 28th meeting. Um, but it's really an awareness campaign for them. But they have been uh, listed as one of the 11, I guess the 11th most dangerous uh, things that are subject to flooding or loss of of history. Uh, pretty significant there and trying to make sure that they have some support for that. And so the county, our Board of Supervisors indicated a strong support for them at least for advocacy and other efforts, their, their fix or their solution are tens of millions of dollars. So it's a significant investment to preserve that nation's history uh, for the next 50 years, but certainly a worthy effort and more to come on that. We also had a, an overview from our care team. Uh, we really have this unique uh, setup and our staff would say it's unique in Virginia between the city and the county here that we have what we call a care team. And it's a, a group of individuals, in our case, three individuals that are helping low to moderate families with children, high risk, um, get through some daily things of life, trying to help them better understand, be more holistic, not just providing a place to live, but a place to live, budgeting experience, educational experience, process experience. How do you, how do you work with the school division? If, if you're struggling for a place to stay, maybe you don't know who to call or where to go. And so we do have uh, this team in place that works with about 25 families a year uh, over a couple year period as they're in that preschool working to get their children into and more acclimated as well as their family stability. And so they did a presentation to our, our board of supervisors uh, at this past meeting. And again, I will say a very a warm thank you to the Williamsburg Health Foundation. They really have been the reason this program has been in existence. Uh, they funded it for the city some years ago, and for the county for the last five years, and they have provided funding again for our fifth year of $275,000. So it's significant 
But I do think the results are pretty important. And it's like many things, if you help two or three of those families become successful, I think it makes a huge difference for those two or three. If we help all 25 come, become successful, it's even greater. And we do have a lot of criteria of managing it. And our staff, while the program's been around five years, see it has some very good indicators of the five-year period when we, we are working closely with the families. They're also looking, can they evaluate uh, the, the long-term implications and does it really help families long-term? And our hope is that it does, but it's just trying to help families through processes because a lot of what government assistance or agency assistance, there's a lot of it there, but there is a process and understanding can be very confusing uh, to people that have challenges with children in school uh, and other things going on in their lives as well. Also at this meeting, the, the board approved a contract uh, for the county, really internet service with Cox and Segra. And I think Segra was one of those things, do we have a new provider? And the answer is no, Segra's here, but as I understand it, it's more high level business support, such as bringing that point of service to the county complexes so that we have redundancy within our system. It is not something that a homeowner could call and say, I'd like Segra service. So I just want to cl uh, clarify that, but it is for the county. We got better pricing, which is good. Technology is improved. So we got better pricing really for better service, lower cost, better service, which is really good. And we have the two providers to have redundancy. We don't have to have two, but that does provide us an opportunity that if one were having service problems, we'd have the opportunity for the other provider to be there and allow our county functions to continue. So very good contract and uh, renewal for us. Uh, we also had some discussion on our Rec Connect program provided by Parks and Rec, and that is our before and after school child care, which we provide in all the elementary schools, or at least have for a number of years. Uh, no change really anticipated for this fall or no significant change for the school year that begins uh, in the fall of 2022. We are looking to the future. Do we continue to provide that service? And um, I think we have looked many years ago, would we continue it? We're there again looking. And so it's really just talking with the board and making sure they're okay with us going out for a request for proposals. We have at least a couple of providers in the area that have indicated an interest again about providing that service. Uh, but it would be, I hope, seamless to the parents. So you know, for those parents that are out there, is the program gonna exist or not? I believe it will. Um, but our hope would be to move it from county staff, maybe, to being a private entity or nonprofit running it um, with maybe the county managing it and ultimately maybe moving those management services back to the school division. So we'll see. But just so you know, that's going on. And it wouldn't have any significant change for, for the fall of 2023. But I know it will be of interest to parents with children. I know it will be of interest to our staff because we employ uh, quite a few people full-time and part-time to support those sites within our elementary schools. But I know it provides a lot of opportunity for parents to drop their kids off in the morning, know their kid is well looked after, they go to school, and their, their child is okay in the elementary school until they're able to get there after work. So I know it's very important. Uh, we also, the, or we, the board had a number of appointments that they approved at their June 28th meeting. They approved four members to the Clean County Commission. They approved three members to the Colonial Behavioral Health Board. They approved three members for our Historical Commission. They approved one member to the Thomas Nelson Community College Board, and they approved one member to the Williamsburg Regional Library Board. Uh, they deferred Colonial Behavioral Health Board appointments, and they deferred Colonial Community Criminal Justice Board appointments. And so they, I believe they still have one more library appointment to make as well. So again, more to come on that, but uh, they did make a number of appointments at this meeting as well. 
And with that, Renee, I think I'm through the board meetings for at least June. We're back. Our, the board is back July 12th, so they'll meet July 12th. And then I think July 26th is the, uh, their second meeting in July. They have not meeting uh, for August as a board unless needed. So at this point, they don't have any scheduled meetings for August. But July will be business as usual for our board of supervisors. Uh, a couple activities in the community that I wanted to share. Uh, you know, our marina had been under construction or reconstruction, our phase one or stage one for the past year and a half. We reopened it this spring, and then we officially cut the ribbon June 22nd. And I just want to you know, say, say thank you to our staff that worked hard to bring this project through. It turned out to be a little harder than it maybe could have been or should have been or that we had anticipated. I want to thank our boat slip uh, owners and, and uh, marina ramp users and kayakers and all the folks that visit the site along with Billsburg, who's had to endure for the construction there. I do think the outcome is, has made it much, much safer, which was a primary importance. It's much more attractive. Uh, we still have some lighting improvements. We're, again, caught in some of the supply chain issues of putting lighting along the walkway that it is coming. We have a fuel tank issue that uh, we ran into some issues with the existing tank that we needed to replace that. So we have that uh, on order and coming. Uh, but by and large, it is back open. It has separated again the traffic from the uh, kayakers and canoes from the motorboat traffic by putting it in at different launching locations and trying to make that safer for them and more enjoyable for both. And for me, the marina really is an investment in access to the water for all of our community, not just people or, or the boaters that rent slips, but for anybody that wants to go down and have a place to put their boat in or rent a kayak or put their kayak in or just walk along the waterway, it provides that opportunity and it really is much more attractive. We have a second project budgeted, I think, out in our capital improvement plan, three or four or five years still out, So, but it's a second investment in sort of the next piece, which are the covered slips, uh, the parking area or boat storage area, and really moving a ramp uh, further away. So we move it out to where when you launch your boat, you don't have to come through the basin. You, you really just move on out into the river. So uh, more to come, uh, but really excited to have that first phase done. And thanks for everybody's patience getting us there. Uh, I will tell you, county staffing, and my opinion is we're improving staffing uh, levels but we still uh, have quite a few vacancies. I know in Parks and Rec, I know in our general services area, uh, we still are struggling with some and there are other departments that come and go in terms of staffing. I still would ask our, this community to be patient with us. We are working through those issues, but all the staffing things you hear for business communities and challenges they're having, we continue to have some of those as well. It's improving, but we still are having our ongoing issues trying to make sure that we're not burning out our staff. You know, we can do extra work for a week or two or three, but our staff has been doing it for months and months. And at some point, people will say enough's enough and decide to move on and do something else in life. So we're trying to make sure we're managing our staff and uh, some of uh, the services we provide as well. Um, I mentioned the board not having uh, meetings in August. For some reason, we have lined up quite a few public meetings. I don't have dates on all of them yet. Uh, but our board will participate in some of these. They are not board meetings, they will be county meetings. But the topics will include our waste collection and consolidation, or our trash pickup service. Do we do that or do we not? It'll we'll have a topic on our governor government center relocation. Again, we discussed that in May 24th with our board of supervisors. And the future of the government center is probably not Mounts Bay. It will move it somewhere more central to the county in the Long Hill Road to War Hill Sports Complex area that gets it closer to all of our residents in terms of where the, our population lives. And so we'll have some discussion with the community on that. Uh, at a retreat in March, we talked about future library plans, whether we do something with the city at downtown or whether we build a separate branch within James City County. So we'll have a, probably a public meeting to discuss that. And then we're talking about a park site in Grove. 
Um, so again, that is something that we've had in our capital improvement plans for a number of years. We've got $7 million budgeted and really ready to move forward. And we have a couple sites to talk through. So our main meeting on the Grove site would be this, or the Grove Park would be where, what site? Uh, we've looked at three. Uh, we will talk through sort of the benefits and we have an option on one that I think is, it is our recommended site. And so again, public meetings in late July, August timeframe on these four pretty important topics. Um, so the one on the Grove will really be about the site itself. There'll be some other topics that are maybe of interest to Grove residents. Uh, the library, again, will be discussing pros and cons of working with a city on one downtown, building one independently in James City County. What does the community really want to see? Uh, the government center relocation, we want to make sure that the community understands space needs issues for us that we went through over the last two years, a space needs study, a facility master plan. We basically need 50% more space by 2040, and we need a lot of that today. We are really crammed into a lot of our offices, and so the, we are going to spend significant money either to expand offices over the next 30 years or to build a new center. And again, when you look at it, it's about a $90 million investment either way we go. So it's significant money. And the idea, at least with our conversations with our board and where we uh, are headed at the moment is a consolidated facility uh, in one place that will make those visiting the government center um, a little easier. They come in one door, they, we can give directions where today we have five or six doors to walk in. It's sort of hard when you come on our campus to know where you're headed unless you know where you're going. And so I think uh, we just want to have that conversation with the community and help our community members understand. And then probably the, the bigger one right now is the waste collection and consolidation. We did talk about it with our board of supervisors last November. Uh, in general, I believe the board wants to move forward, but at least some wanted to and some didn't. So we want to bring it back. Uh, our challenge and uh, the survey that was done about this time last year is those that have solid waste services or garbage collection at their home are really satisfied with their service. So all we can do is sort of meet that bar. Uh, I will tell you today, we hear a lot of concerns with the conversion of, of county waste, uh, which is a private company being acquired by GFL. And while I think they will ultimately get things back on track these last three or four months, we have fielded a lot of calls with people very frustrated with that conversion of not being able to get to people. And, and you know, the private companies like us are struggling with staffing and volume and drivers and all those things. Uh, but I think that that high level of satisfaction a year ago, at least today, is not there for all of those receiving service. And so we will bring it back. The waste uh, collection and consolidation saved a little money, 5 or $10 a month. So it's a little money. The bigger things that surprised me is today we drive about 6,000 miles a week because we have multiple providers with garbage trucks. That could reduce to just over 2,000 miles a week. So for me, that's significant. And the other thing, if you happen to be in a neighborhood where you have multiple providers, and there are several, you could have cans out almost every day of the week because they pick up different days of the week. And so from an aesthetic standpoint of some neighborhoods, I think those two things are, are some value to our community going forward. Um, and that might be close to the end. I'll also mention, uh, you know, we've moved the voter registrar's office. We've had some conversations about that. That's also our vote center. We've had a lot of conversations with the Board of Elections recently and our voter uh, registrar just trying to make sure we're all ready for the September 23rd when early voting begins. And I believe we will be. Their address is 4095 Ironbound Road. That happens to be behind the courthouse. So you can enter the site 
from the traffic light at the courthouse on Monticello and drive through and the building will be on the right, or you can come off Ironbound and come into the 495. And so it does have access from both Ironbound and Monticello. Uh, I do think the vote center, at least what we're uh, doing for this fall, it will be smaller than the recreation center, but I believe it will be adequate and we want our voters to have a pleasant experience. So we're all working very hard to get us there. And so with anything going on in the community, I would guess again, don't hesitate to call or email uh, my phone number. 253-6603. If I don't answer it, I will definitely call you back. Um, you know, sometimes multiple things going on. It's hard to talk to more than one at one time, but I certainly want our community to know what's going on or be able to get answers to their questions. So Renee, again, I would remind people to have a safe and happy July 4th, have a great summer and be prepared for those emergencies, which may become uh, kind of our community hurricanes or otherwise. So anything else I ought to clarify or mention? I don't think so. I think you've done, as always, a really great job of covering everything. I I think it's really exciting that there are four opportunities for public input through you know the end of July and August because that's what we're all about. I mean, it's like we want to find out what the public wants, and Absolutely. there will be, like you've said, many opportunities to share that information. And if people are on vacations or if they're just not able to come out, I know that we'll have other ways that people can submit their thoughts and feedback. You're, you're a big part of that. So you're right. We'll have the meeting so we can do it in person, but we'll have opportunities for submitting comments regardless, because we do value the public's uh, input and thoughts on, on ideas. Even when we don't take their suggestions, we have read them, we have considered them, and we, we do value that. So I would encourage people to reach out and share their ideas. Absolutely. All right. Anything else? I think that does it. Be safe. Have a good time. Okay, great. Thank you, Scott. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. That way you will never miss an episode. You can also go on our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to find all of our episodes as well as a form that you can complete. Give us feedback, show ideas, comments, critiques. We would love to hear from you. You have no idea how excited we get whenever we get a message from in the form. So please let us know what you're thinking. And I think that wraps it up and we will talk with you next time. Thanks. <laughs>